I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Welcome to Battleground Live, everybody. My name's Sean Parnell. I'm a combat veteran, and I am a humble servant of America. Thank you for joining us tonight, as you do every night at 5 p.m. This show is growing like gangbusters. I'm going to mention right here at the top of the hour, make sure that you sub- that you subscribe to this page. This show is free. It always will be free and it will roll right onto your television set or wherever you listen to podcasts every night, Monday through Friday at five o'clock. So make sure you subscribe. It's free and, and like this program because Rumble notices that stuff. They've got people there that track the likes and the interaction and the live chats and all of that stuff. And the more likes we get, the more noticed we get, the more noticed we get, the more advertisers we get. Once we get advertisers, we can do some really awesome stuff with this show. And so, um, again, this show is for you. It will always be for you. And it's 100% free. So we appreciate your support. Uh, Thank you all for being in the trenches today. Um, You know, I had a, a kind of amazing parenting moment today. Uh, one of my daughters is home from school today. She had a, a water main break at at her school or a, a power issue, and I, I half wondered that. Hmm, I wonder, water main break? Were there were there student council elections or something like that? Were they counting mail in ballots? Was there election fraud going on at the school? <laughs> of course, that's a dad joke. Nobody really thought that was funny. You know what else? Uh, I found out after the show uh, that I did last week that that dabbing like this. First of all, my daughter was like, oh, my God, it's Sean or Sean, a dad. It's not 2017. It's not 2014 anymore. Right. And then my son, dad, it's 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 not 2014. It's not 2017. So dabbing's no longer cool. Uh, so breaking news there. So I've got to find out something different to do uh, to impress the kids. But nevertheless, my daughter's home from school today and she's studying the cultural revolution in China under Mao Zedong. Now, of course, Mao Zedong is a brutal communist dictator who murdered something like 60 million Chinese citizens. He was a horrific, horrific, terrible person um, in the same vein as Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin and Pol Pot. I mean, all these terrible communist dictators have one thing in common. They murder the people, they disarm the people and they murder people in mass. And she was talking about how it's so crazy that, that religion is illegal in uh, under Mao Zedong and how the, the Chinese dictator and the Chinese communist party back then would replace stories about the uh, about, from, take stories from the Bible and pretend that they were about him. So you weren't allowed to have the Bible there. And I was like, just listening and smiling all the time. Um, and she said, what's even more crazy is that they use the children to rat on the adults. So anybody who is a, who committed thought crimes, anybody who dissented from uh, the tyrannical regime of Mao Zedong, they relied on the children to tell on their parents. And she said, you know what that reminded me of? 
you know, COVID and kind of like what the Democrats are doing now. And I said, exactly. Well done. That's exactly right. It, you know, because and this this is why educating our children is so, so critically important. And Mao Zedong was laser focused on changing the minds of the children and making sure that they worship the state and not God. Right. And that's that's the, to remove children from from their family and make them dependent on the state. They, they have got to be brainwashed at a very, very young age. And what I explained to, to Natalie is that when you're in a public school and thank goodness she's in a good public school, she's got a good teacher here that's teaching her about all this stuff. But there, you know, as you and I both know, if you're listening or watching to this, there are a hell of a lot of schools that don't don't meet muster on in this regard. In fact, there are a lot of socialists and communist teachers out there. There's no question about that. Um, but part of the reason why the left is so focused on this trans insanity in schools and and all this, oh, tell you can you can come out to your teacher. <laughs> you can, you can pretend to be a girl here if you want, and I won't tell your parents. Separating children from their parents at school is a way to make them dependent on the state. And what I explained to Natalie was that, and she completely understands it. She didn't really need me to explain it. She connected the dots here on her own, which is very, very, very proud of this young woman. But, you know, because what I explained to her is that public schools, taxpayer funded schools are are, are basically the education plan developed by the federal government, the Department of Education, which is fundamentally unconstitutional in every way, why it still exists, I don't know. Uh, they develop curriculum and the state pushes this curriculum and these narratives, and in many cases, revisionist history on our children. And here, Natalie connected the dots on her own completely about how in order to change course in a country and make a society more dependent on government, you must first start with educating the children. She connected the dots that what Mao Zedong was doing in China is not dissimilar to what these radical left communists are doing in America today. They're simply trying to make children dependent on the school and school is essentially the state. And if they're if children are dependent upon the state, they're less dependent on, on their families and they're less free thinking. They don't think for themselves and they're more they're more easily controlled by big centralized government, which of course is what our founders were fundamentally opposed to, which is why we have the U.S. Constitution here, which is a con which is a contract that limits the size and scope and power of the federal government. It empowers the rugged individual like we believe in this country and not dividing people among race, creed, color, religion, whatever. We believe that the individual is the smallest minority and individual rights are the most important. And so Kudos to my my 12 year old for making that connection on her own. And folks, the message here to you is you can't rely on schools. Now, again, I, I was lucky. I went to I went to Catholic uh, high school, I went to Catholic college. I also spent some time in public school as well. Um, but, you know, if there was a silver lining to covid and, and it, it was that many parents woke up to this insane, radical communist education that was being foisted and pushed on our children at schools. And so as parents, you know, when I talk about we, the people, and really the audience of the show, the people who are in Parnell's platoon being the last line of defense against these radicals taking over this country politically, 
parents really are the, are the first line of defense when it comes to shaping the minds of their children. And this is so, this is part of the reason why the left is so where they they pervert the phrase of it takes a village, it takes a village to raise a kid. You even have the left, many people come out today saying, actually no, your kids aren't really yours. Your kids are all all of our responsibility. These are our kids. I got news for you. Stay the hell away from my kids. These are my kids, not the government's. They never will be yours. It's my job and it's Commander Melanie's job and it's their grandparents' job and it's our family's job to educate our children. We should not rely on, you know, even though there are many, many, many great public school teachers out there and great teachers out there in general. And by the way, I had some some really great teachers in my life. So I'm just talking specifically to the radical communist ones that are trying to you know, groom our children sexually uh, or promote this trans nonsense or revisionist 1619 crap. Um, you are the first line of defense as parents with your children. Get involved in their education. Make sure they know the right stuff. Learn history accurately because I say it often on the show. If you don't, Learn history, you are doomed to repeat it. And that is what these radical left communists bank on. Um, and speaking of school, and uh, you know, in, in the same vein of, of 9-11 yesterday, of course, we're it's it's uh 9-12, a day after 9-11, and yesterday was a somber, serious show where we celebrated the lives of and legacies of those tragically lost and the heroes who rose up in the aftermath of 9-11. And we also talked about some of the more troubling aspects of you know, how the government used that horrific crisis and terrorist attack to impose things on the American people that are not in our country's best interests. And so I think when you remember 9-11, you have to remember all of those things because the reality is, is domestic surveillance, the Patriot Act and the censorship, and now we're arresting political opponents, all of that stuff is still happening today. So if we don't remember it all in its totality, it will keep happening. So it's incumbent upon all of us to not only elect local, state, and federal representatives who are willing to change it, but we've got to we've got to recognize it, we've got to see the threat very clearly, and we've got to work to change it. And again, part of that is educating our kids. And I saw a stat today. Um, it said this: in more than two decades since the 9/11 attacks, roughly 75 million American citizens have been born. Friends of Flight 93 Executive Director Donna Gibson said only 14 states required teaching about the attacks in their education curricula. Only 14 states even require teaching it. Folks, that is a national travesty. Worst terrorist attack in our nation's history. We went through all the ways it fundamentally changed America forever. And I spent most of the night last night just reading through individual stories of heroism of firefighters who and, and first responders who risked everything to go into those buildings, never came home. I mean, we should be bearing witness to those who were lost on that day. We should be doing everything we can to pass on that legacy from one generation to the next, to make sure that children know and understand what we have here in this country is special and that there are people out there that want to take it all from us. I mean, folks, that was what that was a, a profound real realization for me in combat. I mean, again, I mentioned this yesterday, but I grew up in a time of by and large peace. There were there, obviously there's desert storm happening when I was in elementary school. But for the most part, you know, it was a time of peace. And I never really knew or understood that America could be attacked in that way. 
But the reality is when I joined the military and I went to Afghanistan, I saw very clearly one of the most surreal moments of my life. And I'm telling you, I think about this and it still makes my skin crawl. Get to Afghanistan. You know, our mission was to close with and destroy the enemy, find Osama bin Laden, either capture or kill him. Um, but it was also to take care of the Afghan people who were largely left to the predations of the Taliban and all of those, you know, basically a global jihadist all-star team that preyed upon them every day. And they did prey upon them. And we get to Afghanistan, I get shot at and, and I, and I, so it survived. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, nobody in my platoon was hurt in that initial salvo of attacks from the enemy. But I spent a significant time in my room that night thinking like, oh, my God. There is somebody out there that just wants me dead, like dead, literally in the ground, six feet under, wants me dead. They've never met me. They I'm a good guy. Like, why do they want to kill me? The only reason they wanted to kill me is because I was an American, period. End of story. We were advocating and fighting for this country at the time, uh, early on in the war in Afghanistan. Now, as it dragged on, I mean, certainly this 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 changed. But um, early on in, the, in, in Afghanistan, we were hunting down bin Laden and those responsible for the attacks in the World Trade Center. And that was our mission, right? Our, our mission, our mission was to hunt down those responsible, find them, kill them. That's what we were doing over there. But to learn that somebody out there wanted me dead, just didn't even know who I was, just wanted to kill me, what was an eye-opening experience. And the reality is, is that there are countries, there are people out there, whole nations that, that despise this country, that would take what we have in a second. And so it's just absolutely critically important that we're teaching these, this stuff in our schools, teaching about 9-11, teaching about the greatness of America. If your school's not doing it, then you have to do it as a parent. It's 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 our job. It's our duty. It's it's and, and our responsibility. And speaking of a national tragedy, and this, this broke either during the show or just after it yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But Joe Biden, you know, I talked yesterday about why they wanted to keep him away from the 9-11 memorial. And I told you three reasons why. They didn't want the bad optics of stumbling, mumbling, you know, animated corpse, mouth-breathing Joe Biden walking around and comparing his, you know, losing his cat, uh, you know, in his 67 Corvette to the deaths of 20, of almost 3,000 Americans on 9-11. They didn't want those optics. They wanted to, they wanted to send Kamala Harris because they wanted to make her seem more presidential because I maintain, right, I've told you my theory that Joe Biden's going to make a decision to get out at the last second. He's not going to run. And Kamala Harris, if if Joe Biden decides not to run, Kamala Harris is going to walk right in there. They sent Kamala Harris to ground zero and not Joe Biden for that reason and that reason only. And it's 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 interesting because Joe Biden is it's just such an unbelievable disaster, even in keeping him all in Alaska. They wanted him as far away as humanly possible from ground zero or any or anything related to September 11th. He still finds a way to to make the tragedy about him in some crazy way and also lie through his teeth about something. You got to see this. Um, check out this video of Joe Biden just yesterday uh, talking about September 11th and his experience of that horrific attack. Go ahead and roll the tape. Check this out. To renew our sacred vow, never forget, never forget. We never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York 
And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could away from where you could stand. Joe Biden wasn't <laughs> Joe Biden was not at ground zero. It sure is. It sure did look like the gates of hell. Anybody that lived through 9-11 can tell you that it lived through gates of hell. But Joe Biden wasn't there. The day after September 11th, Joe Biden was in Washington, D.C., giving a speech on the Senate floor. He just completely and totally made up that story. The title of this episode is Where Have All the Fact Checkers Gone? I mean, it was every single day when President Trump in his four years in office and all those ridiculous hoaxes that have proven to be false today. I mean, like, there's no other way to talk about it. Those they were completely and totally false. They were hoaxes perpetrated on on the American people to turn them against President Trump. Period. End of story. That's exactly why it happened. And. Every day, these fact checkers were churning out, oh, well, President Trump said this, and this isn't entirely true, or this isn't entirely accurate. Look at this stat here. Hmm, harumph, 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 harumph. These people are completely MIA now. These people, I haven't heard from, I can't remember that idiot from the wide, that mouth breather from the Washington Post who every day was on Twitter saying, hmm, I'm not sure what President Trump said was completely accurate or PolitiFact, PolitiFact, or some of these other, I mean, every day, I think they were even counting them. Oh, the President Trump has made 32,562 false statements since uh, winning the presidency in 2017. So these people, have you seen hide or hair of them at all since Biden was elected? It's not like Biden is saying things that are like kind of untrue. He's completely fabricating stuff. I mean, can you imagine him? The, I, if you're if you're a staff member for Joe Biden and, and you're like his chief of staff or maybe you know working in the White House with him. I mean, it's common sense to keep him away from ground zero, right? I mean, because you know that if Joe Biden gets up there and talks, he's going to talk about, you know, Bo Biden storming, you know, donning firefighter gear and storming up the steps himself to try to save people. Or maybe Joe Biden parachuted in from a C-130 to try to land on top of the buildings. And even Joe Biden would make up. I mean, that's essentially what he's doing. I'll never forget. Never forget. Never forget I was there. It looked like I was looking through the gates of hell. No, you weren't. Like, it's completely and totally, it's completely and totally made up. But you hear the fact checkers? No, there's nothing out there saying that the statement is false. I mean, this dude is a crazy, crazy pathological liar. I mean, this, I mean, again, as if any of you all needed more proof that the media is a bunch of, you know, lapdog sycophant losers who are just content to sit around and 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 you know, eat the breadcrumbs that the Democrats in power give them. They don't report the truth. They don't care about the truth. They're completely one-sided and and it's and it's a real problem. It's a real problem. And so, you know, Biden has become the first president to not visit a 9-11 memorial on the anniversary and completely fabricated being there the day after. Again, no fact checkers talking about that. So another piece of really, really interesting news broke today, and that is Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, finally, finally greenlit a impeachment inquiry for Joe Biden. 
This is a big deal. So uh, first of all, I think it's largely a positive step. Is it as aggressive as I would like? Probably not. I mean, What's going to end up happening is you're going to have Republicans sitting around in a circle in, in, in committee after committee after committee uh, for months on end on talking about whether or not they should impeach Joe Biden. The reality is we already know they should impeach Joe Biden. This is just an infinitesimal step. And my hope is, is that Speaker McCarthy will slow drip this out. Right. And, and, and strategize with the committee so that new information is given to the American people, slow drip it out so that it it goes all the way through election season. So essentially what it does is it put Joe Biden on the defense. At least my hope is this is what happens. It puts Joe Biden on the defense and and has him responding to these these criminal allegations. Uh, they're not allegations. I mean, obviously, they're facts. I mean, this this stuff happened. But have Biden respond to these criminal allegations at the height of his campaign and then hit him with an actual impeachment right in the middle of it. You know, it's interesting and it's poetic in many ways because the left is doing the same thing to President Trump with all these fake trials, the indictment in New York, the indictment in Georgia, the indictments in Washington, D.C., now all the Fourth Amendment BS. If President Trump is going to have to deal with lawfare, the least Republicans can do is fight fire with fire. Make Joe Biden defend himself. So I'm glad I'm glad they're taking this step. As I've told you many, many times before, Republicans, by and large, our base, our people want a fighter. They want people in office who are going to advocate for their principles, believe what they believe and not back down to the radical left, who most of us believe. And we see now with our own two eyes that they are fundamentally trying to change America. And it, it's not something that we can allow happen. Um, so let me just, uh, tell you here, there's a narrative that I want to, uh, make you aware of. Now I told you last week about, let me see, let me see, let me see, um, the GOP, uh, the fake news, right? I lost my place here in my notes. Uh, the fake news there, this is the narrative that that's, that they're rolling out right now. That there's no evidence of Joe being connected to Hunter Biden's business dealings. You remember that the media, uh, this past weekend and late last week, they were talking about on on all the Sunday shows. They rolled it out in print, but they also talked about on the Sunday shows how there's no no evidence, no evidence, no evidence that, that Joe Biden was connected to Hunter Biden's business dealings. None whatsoever. Um, now we see what this what this narrative was all about, and let me lay it all out there for you. The media and the and the Democrats on Capitol Hill, okay, they start seeding narratives weeks, sometimes even months in advance. And they they knew that Republicans, because we had covered it right here on the show, that had access. Now, these are these are access to uh the Biden's bank accounts. They knew that Republicans had learned that Joe Biden had taken and the Biden family crime syndicate had taken 20 million dollars plus 20 million plus dollars and 20 plus shell corporations laundered through a million and one different things, you know, shuffled and shunted to different Biden family members from countries who hate us. This is fact. Nancy Mace has been talking about this on the media all the time. So the Biden family crime syndicate knew this. And so they did two things. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and look this up. Throw it into your favorite search engine and look it up yourself. The Biden administration, when the Republicans learned all of this stuff, the Biden administration lawyered up. They created in the White House, 
in right there in the White House, co-located with all things Biden family crime syndicate, an impeachment war room. They which which tells you one thing that they knew and they anticipated in no uncertain terms that Republicans were going to impeach Joe Biden, at least move forward with an impeachment inquiry. So that was the first step. They started an impeachment war room. The same exact time they went to their allies in the media and say, hey, look, this is the narrative we want you to run with. No, no evidence. There's no evidence. And so we, we covered that last week. But the narrative has shifted just a little bit, right? Now it's there's no direct evidence. There's no hard evidence. And you're going to see this now over the next several weeks to say it, you're going to see a twofold narrative that there's no direct evidence and that this is just political revenge. Political revenge for what, you might ask? For the Democrats impeaching Donald Trump twice. Both of those things are BS. Okay. Now, I want to show you Dan Goldman. I'm going to show you some proof of this here. Uh, Dan Goldman, who is basically the Biden family crime syndicate. Uh, attorney, Dan Goldman, uh, yesterday on 9-11. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to mention. Like They roll all of this stuff out on 9-11. So people's attention is obviously directed at the horrific terrorist attack, and they start rolling out little tidbits of this Biden corruption here and there, hoping that you'll miss it. Okay, but we don't miss things around here. So check out uh, this video of Dan Goldman yesterday uh, talking about the new narrative they're pushing on you in the wake of this impeachment inquiry. Check it out. There is no evidence, none whatsoever, and I don't care how much they say otherwise. I have looked at it. There is no direct evidence that President Biden was involved in any way, shape, or form in Hunter Biden's business dealings. <laughs> no, no direct evidence. We literally have a text message from Hunter Biden saying that he had to give his father half of his paycheck for 10 damn years. I'm telling you, you just it'll take one good investigative reporter. Is there one investigative reporter that's watching? That will, I'm, no doubt some shit lib reporter who who wants a good scoop. Go to like just just go into Delaware. Like, look at the property records. You'll see that Joe Biden bought a beach home for five plus million dollars all cash. How do you get that making $174,000, which is a, a good salary, but you ain't buying a $5 million beach home on beachfront home in Delaware on that salary. Biden owns two homes in Delaware. He's got more homes than that. $20 million in payments shunted through 20 different shell companies laundered this way and that. I've already talked to you about all this. I mean, it's clear as day, no direct evidence. How can you possibly say that when we have Joe Biden on video talking that, hey, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars in aid? He was talking about Shokin. Shokin was a Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating Burisma for corrupt payments to, to Hunter Biden, which were then shunted into the Biden crime, the Biden family crime, the Biden family fund, which is, of course, the Biden family international crime syndicate rank. I mean, like. But they're going to trot this out. No direct evidence. CNN got in on the fight, uh, got in on this fake news narrative as well. Um, check out this video. 
Uh, but then there's going to be the politics of how do you move through, through this in a way that doesn't necessarily blow up in your face, given, as you all have said, we have not seen any evidence, hard evidence, directly connecting wrongdoing on the part of uh, then-Vice President Biden, now President Biden, and Hunter Biden's business dealings or the ongoing Hunter Biden investigation now. Now, I want to add one thing, though. What Kevin McCarthy does have in this moment on his side is public opinion. I mean, we just released a poll last week and we saw that uh, despite that lack of evidence having been presented, uh, a majority of Americans uh, believe something afoot here. I, I mean, 55% in our poll said they think uh, President Biden has acted inappropriately during the course of this investigation while he's been president. Um, I, north of six in 10 Americans think that either uh, Biden did something illegally or uh, acted uh, immorally or in bad faith in some way, did something wrong here uh, when it comes to uh, the business dealings of Hunter Biden when Joe Biden was vice president. So there is a perception issue that the White House is going to have to battle. And that is the perception issue that the House Republicans and Kevin McCarthy right now are leaning into. Uh, both sides are going to need the evidence or lack thereof to make their final case to the American people as this goes forward. Okay, so did you hear that? We have not seen any hard evidence. Remember, no, no evidence, no direct evidence, no hard evidence. That's the new thing. OK. And if you look, do a specialized search on The New York Times about this. OK. Uh, Google New York Times, Biden, no evidence. You'll see no fewer than five separate New York Times articles that say just that. No evidence, no evidence, no hard evidence, no direct evidence. This is a narrative and they're pushing it shamelessly. Wake up to it and don't allow them to lie to you, your family, your children, your friends, people that you meet at Walmart, grocery shop, but I don't care. This is what they're going to do. The entire impeachment inquiry. Um, Caitlin Collins. Uh, remember, Caitlin Collins was the the woman on CNN, uh, the woman on CNN that asked President Trump is like, do you real, do you want Putin to win this war or Ukraine to win this war? Do you remember that? Like that stupid gotcha question where she tried to where she tried to uh, trap President Trump and President Trump said, I just want people to stop dying, which was a really, really good response, by the way. Uh, Nancy Mace. OK, she's been out there now. Now, Nancy Mace, this is another thing I want you all to be tracking about Nancy Mace. She is in a purple district. OK, 100 percent guarantee you she would not be out there making these accu accusations if one, she believed them not to be true Two, she thought they were BS and political three. She wouldn't be saying this unless she was 100 percent could back it up in this graveyard series, which means the allegations are so bad. She's willing to go out there in a purple district where it, those districts, by the way, they're tough to win. Um you know, Trump support, Republican support, Democrat support, Trump versus Biden, probably in, in in the range of 50 50 could go either way. But she believes the allegations are so bad that, she, that she's seen the evidence herself, that she's willing to go out there on a soapbox in the town square and say, no, listen to me. This is bad. You've got to wake up to this. I'm telling you, if Nancy Mace is doing this, then, you know, it's bad. But listen to her debate uh, with Caitlin Collins and you'll see this fake narrative promulgated. And, and, and rise its ugly head again. Check this out. You support launching an impeachment inquiry into President Biden? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to say at this point. I think it, there's a difference between an impeachment vote and an inquiry. The inquiry mm -hmm. would give us another tool in the toolbox specifically to look at Joe Biden's bank records. Everyone's screaming about the evidence. Where's the evidence? 
the bank records hold all of the evidence. And if the American people, Caitlin, if you could see the suspicious activity reports that I have seen on the Biden family, you would, too, would probably support an impeachment inquiry just as a tool to get more information on on specifically the bank information, bank records of Joe Biden and his family members. That's an important tool in our toolbox. So do you, does that mean you do support an I'll support inquiry? an impeachment inquiry. Impeachment vote is totally separate, but uh, but an inquiry I would support at this juncture. And why would you support that? Because there are you're on one of the committees mm-hmm. that is investigating this. There's three committees investigating yeah. all of this, and there's a special counsel that is investigating Hunter Biden, has been investigating him for five years now. So mm-hmm. why, why does there need to be an impeachment inquiry if there's already several My, ongoing investigations? Yeah, great question. My understanding is it will give us access to Joe Biden's bank records. And if we can connect the dots and show the American people where the bribery allegations stand, where the money laundering stands, showing through vis-a-vis the bank records, that is a way to do that. If you could see what I have seen, and we can't share the SARS reports because they're confidential and that would be against the law. So we have to prove it via other means, via the bank records, for example. If that gets us Joe Biden's bank records, then I'm going to support it because everyone should know what actually happened, what kind of businesses were involved, how Joe Biden was involved, the kind of money that was involved in these schemes is astounding. You would be shocked. It would you would blush, Caitlin, if you knew if you so see what I had seen. You've said this before, mm-hmm. and you, we spoke with you after you went to the Treasury Department yeah. and looked at those reports. But I mean, you, as a member of Congress, do have access to those reports. You went and we saw do. them yourself. So, uh, I think a lot of people ask. You know, you've been home for six weeks. There's been mm-hmm. no new evidence that's been uncovered or brought forward. No new evidence. <laughs> I mean, it's you see. Do you see what I'm saying? Once you see this stuff, you can't unsee it, okay? Now, remember, the the Democrats knew this impeachment inquiry was coming. Biden forms an impeachment war room in the White House. They push out this. There's no evidence. Now there's no direct evidence. And they're out there saying it. They're allies in the media and and everybody else. They're going to, for the next week, you're going to see it. And, oh, wait, Brock, my... Superstar producer Brock Star tells me that Ultra Mega Hardcore, awesome name by the way, gave ten bucks in the super in the super chats. Thank you. Um, we we you hundred percent of that money. It goes into a pot and it's to upgrade this studio. And Brock can tell you, I come down here. Uh, um, basically, I've got a, a kid. We got a kid movie area, a play area, the cat's litter box. I'm right in the middle of all of it, so I'm kind of as much as I love being in the center of things. It's kind of difficult to do a live stream show in the midst of all this kid stuff. So. 100% of what we get goes into building the studio and bringing, bringing you a better quality show. So thank you for that tip. Um, and Brock, in real time, it, it, in, in true Brockstar fashion, is saying that we have uh, now we have a no evidence supercut as if all the stuff that you just saw um, was not enough. Uh, check this out. You'll like this. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals. Republicans have presented zero, absolutely zero evidence. There are thousands of pages of documents relating to financial transactions. Zero evidence. We've identified six new Biden family members involved. Absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence President Biden has any involvement here. Text messages from Hunter's laptop where Hunter complains about having to carve out huge amounts of the money he makes for his father. Quote, but unlike Pop at the bottom, I won't make you give me half your salary. No evidence of that. Well, I mean, he hasn't produced any evidence. They have uncovered no evidence. Various shell companies and this web of LLCs. You have Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, 
Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, RSP Holdings. CNN has reported on this. There's no evidence. RSTP to Bravo. Rosemont Seneca Thornton. Rosemont Seneca Bohai. They haven't produced much evidence. You've seen very little evidence. According to the testimony, President Joe Biden was there when Hunter Biden messaged Chinese businessman Henry Zhao on WhatsApp. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. You will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. No evidence of that. A bribery scheme of which there isn't any evidence to back that up. There is really no evidence. Well, we've been presenting evidence. We've been presenting bank records that show wires from China uh, Mm -hmm. that were then laundered through shell companies. There has been no evidence. There's been no evidence at all. They have no evidence. Say it again. They have no evidence. Archer did not provide any evidence evidence connecting President Biden to his son's business dealing. He was aware of Hunter's business. He met with Hunter's business partners. He, I mean, you found a letter that, that illustrates that he knew me. In the, in the rear view, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. Has any of them once provided evidence of what they are claiming? Well, not anything other than circumstantial evidence. The National Archives allegedly has 5,400 emails showing then-Vice President Biden using phony names to communicate government information to his son, Hunter. They don't appear to have direct evidence linking him to his son, Hunter. Republicans have no evidence. Can I just say evidence of, of, of what? Records released from the National Archives show Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Partners. exchanging more than... Sit down for this number. 1,000 emails with Joe Biden's office during his time as vice president. A complete and total lack of evidence. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden. Archer revealed that the first son put then-Vice President Joe Biden on speakerphone more than 20 times during business meetings. I should point out. Now, it is important to keep in mind there's no evidence. No evidence. No actual evidence. No evidence. No No evidence. evidence. They have yet to provide any hard evidence that the president himself has done anything wrong. (laughs) no evidence no evidence no evidence no hard evidence no hard evidence there's no hard evidence come on these people are being purposefully obtuse you see the narrative unfolding before your eyes i'm telling you they are gonna kick this old animated mouth-breathing corpse to to the curb soon you watch this they're talking they're not talking about speculative things here they're talking about real deal crimes bribery money laundering influence peddling this is crazy crazy stuff if if you or i get charged with any of this stuff we go to jail for probably the rest of our lives i mean compare joe biden and all the stuff the biden family crime syndicate has done to what some of these january 6 prisoners are getting sentenced to some of these dudes weren't even in washington on january 6 and are getting decades long prison sentences They're getting longer prison sentences than most murderers. Yet the Biden family crime syndicate, there's more evidence that goes against them than than most police officers have on most criminal criminal investigations that they have. Yet the media shamelessly is out there day after day, every hour on the hour. Oh, there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. They think you're stupid. They despise you. They hate you. They hate this country. I don't understand the end state for them, because if these people, if the Democrats got what they want, if they got a truly authoritarian leftist authoritarian state, which is the end state, a place where they had full control over the American people, the first people that would go would be these mouth breathing idiots in the media. 
unless they don't toe the line, they're gone. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe that would work for a lot of these media types. Half of these people are completely and totally soulless. I mean, it's crazy. So Chuck Schumer, shameless as he is, I mean, he had to get on the action as well. Um, He made a statement today that said the impeachment inquiry is a waste of time. Now, this is a man that spent four years rolling out one hoax after the next. You remember Chuck Schumer? Well, you you don't go after the intelligence community because they have five ways from Sunday to get you, to come after you. I mean, do you remember that creepy video clip with Rachel Maddow? And, and Chuck Schumer, just one hoax after the next, impeached President Trump twice. Now, all of a sudden, he thinks impeachment inquiries are complete and utter waste of time. Watch this. It's going to blow your mind, raise your blood pressure. So if you're playing the mouth-breathing drinking game, I, I just said it. Take a drink, relax, watch this, and try not to stroke out. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. The bottom line is, as we've said, you can only accomplish keeping the government open in a bipartisan way. We just want you, the American people want us to do so. Actually, what I would like for you to do is nothing. You you know, you know, animated corpse in the White House, Democrats in control of the Senate, razor thin margin, but in control nonetheless. Um, The I don't want them to do anything. I just want them to sit on their laurels, wait for 2024. Let's take back the White House. Let's take back the Senate and let's undo all their crazy, insane, radical, tyrannical stuff, because this stuff is just completely out of control. This is obviously complete and total BS. What we're witnessing right now is just a a, a corrupt protection racket by the media for Democrats in power. It's absolutely sickening. Do not let these idiots lie to you. Be beacons of truth for those around you. Never give up. Never quit. Stay in the fight because don't let these people lie. Um, Okay, moving on to the next thing. Spent lots of time on that. But there was an insurrection at the Capitol yesterday. Did you hear about it? I mean, uh, surely there's going to be a you know, some sort of, what was it, September 11th committee to to investigate this violent insurrection, right? We talked about all the time that there is a very, very clear two-tier justice system in, the, in this country. And this isn't just something that I speculate about. We see this before our eyes every single day. The left gets completely let off the hook. Republicans spend decades in jail for doing the exact same thing. There was an, an insurrection yesterday. I don't know if you heard about it, but if you did not, check this out. Roll this tape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how about there they are in the Capitol. And also they're in the Speaker of the House's office. Do you remember the guy uh, on January 6th who walked out with the Speaker's podium waving? Like, of course, he shouldn't have done that. But that was an egregious violation of our democracy, right? He penetrated the Speaker's office. How horrible. Oh, you got to throw him in jail for the rest of his life. Did these people disobey uh, direct orders from the police, from the Capitol Hill police? Of course. Did they enter the Capitol legally? No. 
uh, they were in the speaker's office illegally. Did they interfere with congressional business? Were they demanding something from Congress? Of course, they were demanding Speaker McCarthy pass some sort of HIV funding bill. That Why are they trying to change the results of some sort of congressional outcome? Yes. Will any of those people be charged? Of course not. None of those people will be charged. Most of you people probably didn't even hear about that. But how is what they did any different than what and some of these January uh, can't, you know, Joe Biggs shook a fence 17 years in prison, in federal prison, taken away from his young child and a mother that he's caring for who has cancer. How these people, they did the exact same thing. The only difference is that different political views. The, the, these leftists who are in Speaker McCarthy's office, again, the Speaker of the House, probably the third most powerful person in Washington. Third in line, I think, for secession uh, to, of the president. <laughs> there they are, rabble-rousing, disrupting an official proceeding, disobeying police orders, walking through the Capitol illegally, yet nothing. The FBI doesn't give a damn about that. They're not tracking them down. They're not combing through thousands upon thousands of hours of tape. They're, they get off scot-free. Why? Because... We there's a two tier justice system in the in this country, and what they're doing is approved by the radical left who's in power. It, they're, they're there, what they're doing is approved by them, and therefore it's okay. Speaking of insurrections, uh, and uh, the, the well, of course we know that January sixth wasn't an insurrection; it was a mostly peaceful protest, of course. But uh, the media is still out there to this day lying about January 6th. I mean, I'm telling you that we've got lots of sound in this episode to cram into an hour. So just so much happened over the weekend, um, trying to cram it all into one show. But you this clip between Joe Scarborough and Micah on MSNBC will just blow your mind because this is a hoax that's been put to bed many, many times. But watch these mouth breathers just continue to lie about January 6th and what happened on that day. The question is, how much can these Republican swing voters independence take? You've got January the 6th. <laughs> You've got the, the apologies for January the 6th by the Republican House. Mm -hmm. You've got them talking about these people that killed cops, uh, calling them. Uh, again, if you, if you don't think so, ask, ask the family. OK, ask the family who killed the cops and they'll tell you it was the rioters that Donald Trump whipped into a frenzy and sent to the Capitol. You've got abortion. Uh, an issue that's going to be, again, once again, as it was in 22, a huge issue in 24. You've got a federal judge declaring Donald Trump to be a rapist by any standard definition of how we and institutions define rape. Uh, and now you've got an impeachment uh, simply because the craziest people on the back benches in the House of Representatives are demanding that Kevin McCarthy call for an impeachment. I, again, this is this is the White House's dream. Right. It's very confusing if you are a real Republican where you go, because yeah. this is not the Republican Party as we once knew it. Matt, you have a new column in the Daily Beast entitled Kevin. These idiots, if you're a real Republican, what these people believe are real Republicans are gentlemen losers, people with no fight in them. Well, guess what? Along with President Trump, if, if President Trump taught our party one thing is to fight back, 
is in, we've got now some great representatives who are doing just that, whether it's James Comer, um, Matt Gates is doing great stuff. Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing great stuff. Lauren Bobert is doing great stuff. Scott Perry, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, doing great stuff. You should have seen him on the Capitol steps today just you know, talking about the idea that there's, that there's no evidence. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. Maybe the American people don't know of the evidence because you fake news reporters don't bother to report it. You would make you know, the Politburo in Soviet Russia jealous by the way that you conduct yourselves. And you're doing great harm to America. And oh, by the way, nobody, no police, per, no police officer was murdered on January 6th by anybody. In fact, the only people to die were protesters. Speaking of the media being absolute garbage, Ashley Babbitt was shot in the throat and bled to death in the Capitol by a police officer. And she posed no threat whatsoever. She was climbing through a window. So vandalizing, unlawful parading. Yeah, I mean, I guess that those stuff, that, that stuff is misdemeanors. But did she deserve to be shot in the throat? Can you imagine if that happened on, you know, when Antifa and Black Lives Matter laid siege to the White House? Uh, when President Trump was in the White House and injured 40 or 50 Secret Service agents, battered, bloodied, bruised, uh, they they did this stuff for weeks, did billions of dollars worth of damage nationwide, but they laid siege to the White House. They tried to burn down a church. Not a single member of Antifa was shot to death in the neck for protesting. It's insane. Every single one of those of those people who were charged for the May 29th siege of the White House when President Trump was in the White House and they had to move him to the bunker, every single one of those people who were charged had the charges dropped by Washington, D.C., by the D.A. in D.C., every single one. Can you believe that? Two tiers of justice in this country, people. Um, okay, want to get to this, too, before, before we close out the show. Um, there's something strange going on right now. I mean, I'm going to talk about Ukraine. I want to talk about Elon Musk. And I want to talk about this new narrative that's emerging that I want you to be aware of because it's critically, critically important and no one's going to tell you. Things in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine are not going well. Okay. Uh, things are really, really bad. You know, despite hundreds of billion, over $100 billion of your taxpayer monies going to fund the Ukrainian military, men, weapons, equipment, also Ukrainian pensions. I mean, never mind the fact that half of these Ukrainian leaders are buying homes in Germany and in Europe and boats and all this other stuff. What's happening with our taxpayer dollars? Nobody, nobody freaking knows because everything's so damn corrupt over there. You, what's happening is Ukraine is is essentially one large money laundering operation for the military industrial complex. I mean, anybody that's looking at this thing with clear eye knows clear eyes knows that. But the war in Ukraine is not going well. The Ukrainians have taken horrific, horrific casualties. They're going through people like you wouldn't believe. Now they're calling up women to go be, you know, throw them into the meat grinder as well. This is a, a battle that is that is measured in not in miles uh, penetrating into Russian lines, but barely moving an inch. And on the few occasions where Ukraine, the Ukrainian military took a, a Russian-controlled town on the outskirts of some uh, uh, Crimea or something like that. It wasn't anything that was substantial. It wasn't anything that was going to turn the tide on the battlefield. And in fact, by and large, our military-industrial complex and those in powers, both Republicans and Democrats, vastly underestimated what the Russians would be capable of, which, by the way, you don't have to be General Patton to know that the Russians 
have almost an unlimited number of people that they can throw into the fray. They also have tanks. They also have nuclear weapons. They also have cluster bombs. They also have missiles and a sophisticated air defense platforms. We should have known all of this going into it. But Ukraine was clearly outmatched from the very beginning, and the war isn't going well. Um, from the very beginning, uh, I found this to be real interesting, and I want you to know about it. Um, Elon Musk gave Starlink, which is basically satellite-based internet, to Ukraine. He did it to help the Ukrainians communicate while Russia was invading the country. Now, Elon Musk says, now there's many things that I disagree with Elon Musk about, but he said that, you know, he views, you know, this this satellite-based internet as a way to do good in the world. In fact, all the things that he does, he believes in, is to advance the human condition in good ways. So Elon Musk gives the Ukrainian military and all Ukrainians in that country in the midst of a, a war-torn country access to the internet. Now, that internet has been critically important to the Ukrainian military in, in defending their own country. Well, we found out recently that the Ukrainian government asked Elon Musk to provide them Starlink communications, satellite-based internet, for what would have been essentially an attack on the Russian Navy, a, a what's been described as a Pearl Harbor-style attack on the Russian Navy. Now, no doubt this attack would have been an escalation that the West and America would not have been prepared for. In fact, I, I personally believe that within a year, you're going to see President Biden uh, before the election, sending American troops to be on the ground in Ukraine first as advisors and then eventually as combat troops. Um, just bookmark this. That's going to happen. I hope it doesn't, but that's going to happen. So Elon Musk says, no, we're not going to allow Starlink to be used for a major escalation of a war in Ukraine. They could unfold with it with with a, a could end up being a nuclear war could drag in NATO powers. It's just it's just all sorts of terrible things could have happened. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this is not a directive given to Elon Musk by Joe Biden. President Biden never talked to him about it. This was a directive from Zelensky and the government of Ukraine. Elon Musk said, no way. Well, the media now is wasting no time in going after Elon going after Elon Musk. And Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend has been on the front lines of this fight. And he did an interview with Secretary of State Blinken and talked about this. So we're going to watch two segments here where Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend talks to both Secretary of State Blinken and Nikki Haley. So a Democrat and Republican. OK, and I want you to watch these two things. and I'm going to give you my thoughts. Let's roll the first tape. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk uh, has recently confirmed a report that's in Walter Isaacson's new biography of Musk that last year Musk blocked access to his Starlink satellite network in Crimea in order to disrupt a major Ukrainian attack on the Russian Navy there. In other words, Musk effectively sabotaged uh, a military operation by Ukraine, a U.S. ally, against Russia, an aggressor country that invaded a U.S. ally. Should there be repercussions for that? Jake, I can't speak to a specific episode. Here's what I can tell you. Starlink has been a vital tool for the Ukrainians to be able to communicate with each other, and particularly uh, for the military uh, to communicate in their effort to defend all of Ukraine's territory. It remains so, and I would expect it to, to continue uh, to be critical to their efforts. So what we would uh, hope and expect is that that technology will remain fully available to the Ukrainians, 
it is vital to what they're doing. I don't know that you can't speak to it. You won't speak to it. Musk says he was reportedly afraid that Russia would retaliate with nuclear weapons. Musk says that's based on his private discussions he had with senior Russian officials. Are you concerned that Musk is apparently conducting his own diplomatic outreach to the Russian government? Really, n none of this concerns you? Jake, I can't speak to uh, conversations that may or may not have happened. I don't know. Um, I'm focused on the fact that the technology itself, Starlink, has been really important to the Ukrainians. It remains so. And uh, it, it should continue to be part of what they're able to call on to be able to communicate with themselves and, again, to have the military uh, be able to, to communicate. Um, throughout this uh, Russian aggression, uh, you know, we, have, we ourselves have always had to factor in uh, what uh, Russia may do in response to any given thing that we or others do or the Ukrainians do. Um, and, and we have. Uh, but what's so critical now is that uh, Ukraine has had real success over the past year. I was uh, just in Ukraine, as you know. Um, the last time I was there was almost exactly a year ago. In that. OK, so you see right there, Jake Tapper. Oh, how, how could Elon Musk do such a thing? How could Elon Musk should not escalate this war at the behest of Zelensky, the PPPist, right? Even though this, again, a private company has no obligation to listen to a directive from a foreign government. And oh, by the way, Ukraine is not an ally. They are one hell of a corrupt country. And never forget that Zelensky campaigned on peace. Zelensky wanted peace with Russia. We pushed them into this war. And then you've got Democrats and Republicans in Washington. Lindsey Graham, who's one of them saying, well, hey, any day that Russians are dying is a good day. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but they're celebrating the death of Russians. And in doing so, the Russians are killing tens of thousands of Ukrainians. And don't forget what Donald Trump said. I just want people to stop dying. That's the response of a leader. It's not that freedom isn't worth defending. OK, it, it, there are times in our history and in this country where we've got to rise up to defend this country to defend freedom. And we are threatened. I say it all the time. I'll be the first in line to fight for this country again, if need be. But I am telling you, like these people are our are, are, are government, the Biden administration. They're throwing the Ukrainians into the meat grinder. They're throwing your tax dollars away. And, and now they're now they're going after Elon Musk in a strange way. So you saw their secretary Blinken didn't didn't bite on on Jake Tapper trying to bait him into why Elon Musk did what he did. And the, the reason why is that Starlink is, is saving lives over there. But Jake Tapper wasn't happy with what Blinken said. So he, he did an interview with Nikki Haley and he asked her the same thing. So Democrat and Blinken, Republican and Nikki Haley. Check out. Check this out. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk uh, has confirmed a report in Walter Isaacson's new biography of him that last year Musk personally blocked access to his Starlink satellite network in Crimea uh, in order to disrupt a major Ukrainian attack on the Russian Navy uh, in Crimea. Do you think what Musk did was appropriate? And are you OK with a private citizen having so much power over a war? 
Well, first of all, I don't know enough of the details about that to comment. But what I would say is if there's any sort of smoke, we should have transparency. We should be able to find out exactly what happened, who did it, when they did it and why they did it. And then we should be able to take the appropriate action. The bottom line is we should always watch out for the national security of Americans and our allies. And if there was anything that came in the way of that, then we should address it. And if there's something there, then we should ask questions about it. But I think we need to look into it further. Well, I don't what the hell that answer meant. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, clearly it was just a it was just a BS answer, but nobody's willing to take this on because Elon Musk, he volunteered S Starlink to the Ukrainian military because he was trying to save Ukrainian lives. He didn't want to be a part of a major offensive that would have essentially been escalatory in a way that the West was not prepared for. He didn't want his private company commandeered by the Ukrainian government to do that and be responsible for thousands and thousands of deaths. Yet the media is attacking him now. Do you want to know why the media is attacking him? Do you want to know why Jake Tapper's out there trying to bait Nikki Haley into attacking Elon Musk and trying to bait the secretary of state into attacking Elon Musk? They're doing it because the war in Ukraine is failing. These neoconservative, you know, Republicans out there, these warmongers who are who have been focused on regime change for the last 20 years in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Liber uh, Syria, Libya, all over the world, focused on regime change. Their war in Ukraine is failing. And the last thing that Joe Biden wants is a yet another foreign policy disaster during an election year. So what are they doing? They're looking for a scapegoat. And Elon Musk is that person. This is the definition of no good deed goes unpunished. Elon Musk is spending 80 plus million dollars a month uh, and not getting anything in return for allowing Ukraine to use Starlink satellite and to communicate in order to save lives. And now he's being attacked from it by our government. They're not being celebrated for saving Ukrainian lives. He's being attacked. And you watch. The more that Ukrainians falter on the battlefield, the more they'll ramp up their attacks on Elon Musk and try to blame him so that Joe Biden doesn't have to shoulder the blame going into an election year. Remember, you know, Secretary of Defense Gates said that every foreign policy decision that Joe Biden has ever made, he's been wrong about everything. He's been a total disaster. We saw that disaster uh, firsthand during the surrender of Afghanistan. We're unfortunately seeing it play out with horrific with horrific circumstances on the battlefield in Ukraine. And rather than let Joe Biden take the blame for it, take the fall for it during an election year, they're going to blame Elon Musk. Media doesn't give a damn because Elon Musk bought Twitter, which is now X, which is now in direct competition with many of these media companies. They, they, He shattered their grip on the narrative. Media hates him. The Biden administration hates him because he's broken their grip on narrative as well, promotes free speech. The Biden administration and the Department of Justice is suing SpaceX because they hired too many Americans. Can you believe that? The ADL is smearing the Anti-Defamation League, which is actually just the Defamation League. It, it's, it, they're smearing Elon Musk, saying that he's an anti-Semite for no reason whatsoever, just fabricated that narrative out of left field. You see all this stuff, all of these organizations, these nonprofit, these left-wing nonprofit organizations, the media, left-wing politicians, they're all braided together and weaponized against we the people. Now, yes, Elon Musk has more resources than, you know, he's a he's the richest dude in the world. He can afford to fight back against that stuff. Some of these people that are doing 20 plus years in jail for January 6th, they don't have the resources. 
So they get sentenced. But you see very clearly in no uncertain terms that this administration, the Biden administration, is at war with people who think differently than them. The only thing that's standing in the way of four more years of Joe Biden is you. It's we the people. And so, folks, it's been an hour. You've been in the trenches with me for an hour. If you're still watching this show, be sure to subscribe to this page. Every night at 5, Monday through Friday, we will be live. We will be bringing you the truth. We will be locking horns with the radical left in the trenches, fighting to save this country. Subscribe to the show. It will always be free. Go to officialseanparnell.com for the official Battleground Apparel. This is a, the Battleground Apparel company is a brand new company that we just rolled out along with this show. It is a clothing line for people who love this country. We've got do not comply shirts, never quit, never surrender. You name it, we got it. We got a couple different designs coming out um, in the next couple of weeks. A couple more t-shirts designs you guys will absolutely love. Um, T-shirts will probably be here. Uh, in Fort Parnell very, very soon. They were shipped. They're on the way right now. They're shipped here. As soon as we get them, anybody that's ordered a shirt that doesn't have it yet, you're going to get it in the mail. It's going to go out in the mail this week. So stay tuned on that. Um, again, like Rumble this page. Uh, th- th- folks at Rumble notice that stuff. Again, the show is for you. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you all for being in the trenches with us. Never quit, never surrender. God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country that we live in. Take care. Good night. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.